Welcome to Second Serving, a new podcast housed at Second Presbyterian Church in downtown Richmond, Virginia. I'm your host, Kelly Connolly. Second Serving is a series that invites both local and global organizations, faith leaders, community members, and more to tell their stories. Join me as I listen, grow, learn, and unpack what loving our neighbor truly looks like. Welcome back to another episode of Second Serving. Today, I'm sitting down with two very familiar people and some of the greatest ministry colleagues the world has to offer, the Reverend Dr. Alec Evans and the newly retired Ginger Evans. For the last 14 years, Alec Evans has served Second Presbyterian Church as pastor and head of staff. Alec came to Second following previous pastorates in Blacksburg, Virginia and Pickens, South Carolina. His priorities in ministry include preaching and teaching, building community, and engaging the congregation more deeply in mission in the neighborhood and across the globe. Alec is a graduate of Davidson College, Union Presbyterian Seminary, Yale University, and received his doctorate from Columbia Theological Seminary. His experience and energy in ministry include his devotion to interfaith conversations, racial reconciliation, and care for traumatized police officers. Ginger Evans most recently retired after 14 years as Director of Christian Education here at Second Presbyterian. Prior to her retirement in February, she enjoyed working with youth and children within our church, leading and facilitating adult Bible studies, coordinating Christian education offerings, and encouraging and empowering all people within the congregation in their faith journeys. Ginger is a graduate of both Davidson College and Presbyterian School of Christian Education. She so happens to be married to Alec, and together they have three adult children and eight grandsons. I am sure we will have a lot to talk about, so we better get to it. Welcome, Ginger and Alec. Welcome. Thank you, you, you. Kelly. So fun to be here. We're glad you're here. So we have a lot to discuss. Those were like some lengthy bios there. And what is it? 35 years in ministry together. Yes. Yeah. So we have a lot to discuss and we only have about two hours to kill. So <laughs> let's go ahead. Take us back to the very beginning, you know, walk us through kind of your journeys into ministry and how you kind of got to where you both are today. It's hard to think about this because it was uh, more than 35 years ago, but um, frankly, ministry was not on my radar when I went Mm. to college. What was on my radar was being a high school teacher and a coach, and um, immediately after Davidson, I got the perfect job, actually, at Virginia Episcopal School teaching high school history, U.S. history and U.S. government, and coaching football and lacrosse, and so that was where I thought I was headed, and Mm -hmm. um, that was wonderful. We had a really nice time in Lynchburg and and doing that work, but by the third year of it, I was kind of floundering a a, a little bit, asking some questions, and my father handed me a brochure from Union Seminary about what was called Days of Discernment. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was called Weekend for Theological Inquiry, WTI Weekend, and... um, we thought, well, let's just go. Let's just go see what it's like. And we drove to Richmond. Uh, we already had a son at the time. And um, we came to Richmond and stayed the weekend. And it was so engaging. And we um, drove home saying, let's go to seminary. 
And it was really sort of an exciting time. Actually, Ginger had always thought about going to seminary. Because the so, two of you are um, children of pastors, yes, correct? Both right. of yeah. us have been totally enfolded in the life of the church. But uh, I never saw myself as a pastor. And even in that decision, I said, I'm going to seminary. We're going to go to seminary. Ginger was going to go to PSCE. I was going to go to Union. And um, people would say, oh, we're glad you're going to be a minister. And I said, no, I'm not going to be a minister. I'm just going to seminary. <laughs> yeah. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. We'll and, see where it and goes. And here yeah. it is, 35 years later, and, and what, a, what a joy and honor and privilege. And uh, three great congregations, and especially the last 14 years here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in Pickens, um, I basically was a volunteer uh, mm-hmm. at the church because they just didn't have... I mean, Christian education uh, available. Um, <clears throat> and then in Blacksburg, I was part-time. And then when we came here, there was, there was someone was in the job. And so I thought, well, I'll teach Bible somewhere. I'll do something. Mm-hmm. And then um, the job became open, and um, the com- committee co- considered me, and I was so excited. And, and it's been fabulous. I mean, we've had mm-hmm. so much fun working together. And uh, this is such a great congregation of loving people and um, it's been our greatest joy to be mm. here and to serve together. And it's, it's our life. Our kids yeah. are like, the church is your life. It's like, yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. We love it. Yeah. yeah. We have loved it yeah. so much. Yeah. So they worry a little bit about us without the church uh, yeah. in retirement. Our kids are a little like, what are y'all going to do? Who are you sure. going sure. to be? Who are you going to yeah. be? Yeah. 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 We'll talk a little bit more about that yeah. later on in our conversation, yeah. but uh, thank you for giving us that insight and how funny it is to think that you never saw yourselves where you are. And that's just the beauty of working with God, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, Alec, I want you to talk to us a little bit about your experience working with police officers. I feel like that's really been a very formative component of your ministry, especially um, considering your experience you had in Blacksburg. If you wouldn't mind kind of informing the listeners your background and um, what your experience has been working with traumatized police officers? Well, it's not unlike my whole sense of call because Mm -hmm. um, I had never guessed that I would be connected to police Um, along the way. I was simply happy to be a preacher, teacher, and pastor uh, of a Presbyterian church, and that's what I was in Pickens. And then in Blacksburg, that's what I was doing, and the police came and said, hey, we had uh, a terrible incident in the neighboring town, and if that happened in our town, we don't have any resources. Would you consider being a chaplain? And I thought, well, that's kind of an extension of community engagement, which I've Mm -hmm. always been interested in doing. And I thought, I'm open to that, see where it goes, and then the rest is kind of history, you know. Um, It was a matter of riding around with police, uh, getting to know how police think and work, and then major tragedy uh, struck that town, which put me right in the middle of it. So uh, this is kind of just doing what God lays on your heart Mm -hmm. and and being open to what God calls us to try to do. And ever since then, I've been deeply connected to police, especially traumatized police, uh, trying to give encouragement and help to them. So... It's a ministry that um, was unexpected and has simply unfolded. And um, I have, my whole life has been changed by this. Um, and, and I feel 
such affection for police officers and the work they do. It's mm-hmm. so challenging. It's been an interesting few years lately about police, but um, my call has been to try to care for and support them because that's very hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it comes out of a, a long uh, years of uh, a, a significant turmoil and long years of working with them and mm-hmm. alongside them. Well, and if police who are traumatized don't get the treatment they need, yeah. then when they go to do a tough job, they're going to mess it up. Yeah. And that's we've seen so much of that. And um, that's why taking care of people's mental health, everybody's mental health, is so important. And we can't just you know, think, oh, well, you know, they had this traumatic incident, but they'll go deal with it at the bar or the, mm-hmm. you know... <clears throat> their wife will have to deal with it. it. No, they need, you know, they need treatment for their trauma so they can be effective. Absolutely. Officers. I mean, law enforcement is a helping field as well. We often say we work in a helping field yeah. as pastors and educators, but law enforcement is a helping field as well. No, these guys mostly and women say I I love my community and I want to serve my community. And mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they're trying to do. And now it's become harder and harder to mm-hmm. serve your community. And, and um, we have issues. We need a lot of police reform, but mm-hmm. police also need our care. So mm-hmm. it's been an unfolding calling, calling that uh, I didn't really ask for, but I certainly <laughs> uh, have, have been blessed by. For yeah. Sure. So you really were, um, it sounds like your ministry with law enforcement leaders kind of began with the shooting at Virginia Tech and ever since then, you've just been called in the midst of tragedy to provide some love and care, including the police officers that were present at January 6th at the Capitol right. and some other major tragedies our nation has faced. Correct. It's really been interesting. We created the Virginia Law Enforcement Assistance Program, which has become quite a organization in the state of Virginia. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about VA Leap, by the so way? So VA Leap emerged after the shootings at Virginia Tech. Uh, we were invited down to South Carolina by the South Carolina Leap, Leap standing for Law, in- Law Enforcement Assistance Program. And basically, my friend uh, from seminary, Eric Skidmore, started it and said, Alec, you need to start VA Leap in Virginia because every state needs this. Mm -hmm. And so within about a year, we had created a a 501c3 and a a board and started raising money and putting on programs in care and support of police officers. And it's grown so much because of all Mm -hmm. the trauma that police deal with. Um, That's why we get invited to very hard places like the mm-hmm. Capitol. Would you come up here and be with our officers at the, at the U.S. Capitol uh, mm-hmm. for a week uh, following the, the, uh, the riots? So, and now we have a full-time employee, and it's just continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, pretty stable funding from the state of Virginia. Uh, the governor recently gave us a portion of his salary. All these things have helped us become established, and it emerged totally out of the trauma of the Virginia Tech shootings. Mm, amazing. Well, thank you for your work on that and your d- devotion and care to those men and women. Are you hoping that staying connected with that ministry is um, something you'll be able to do in retirement, or is that to be determined, maybe? That's a good question. I think it's a uh could I not do it? Yeah. <laughs> it's really the question. Yeah. Uh, it's so much a part of me. I'll, I'll continue to do it. Now, I'm doing it more as the director of the board than, mm-hmm. you know, doing a lot of the legwork. Um, so 
uh, I'll continue to do that for the foreseeable future. We yeah, have, they've hired a really great director. We have our own director. We have a good, capable board. It's it's a lot of little uh, oversight on my part, but a lot of work on their part, and um, it, it'll continue, and I'll stay involved at, at some level for sure for a while. Great. It's uh, it's uh, it's one of these things. You never know how God uh, calls you and what your what your response might be. And uh, it's been a big blessing for my life for sure. And not an easy one, mm-hmm. but um, important. Well, I know you've been a blessing to other people's oh. lives too. So it goes Thank both you. ways. Um, so Ginger's newly retired. Alex got retirement on the horizon here. And I was wondering if you could both speak to your hopes for the future of the church. Like as you leave this major chapter in your lives of being so involved in not only our church here, second Presbyterian, but the church universal, um, what are some of your hopes or, or just visions? Yeah. Well, we were both raised in the church both our daddies being preachers uh, and our moms being, you know, totally devoted. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the church is our home and has always been our home. And um, you always want your home to be a place of health and growth and Mm -hmm. joy and flourishing and uh, encouraging the best out of people, everybody, and uh, helping us to understand God's love for each of us and God's Mm -hmm. calling to each of us to serve in this world. And, golly, our world's hurting. You know, mm-hmm. I think post-pandemic, uh, uh, post some other things, uh, mm-hmm. we've gotten meaner, we've gotten hateful, we've gotten um, very vitriolic in our conversations, and we don't listen anymore as well. Mm-hmm. And the church has so much to say to our culture about mm-hmm. loving each other and listening and caring and knowing God's love and God's value for each human being whoever they are Mm -hmm. however god knit them together they Mm -hmm. are perfect wonderful people and um need to be encouraged to go out and serve and love and give and um so i think the church has a huge huge future and i i think even post-pandemic um uh, even greater calling and Mm -hmm. but it's a different calling it's a um it's not just, um, you know, are you and Jesus good and everything's, you know, happy in your life? Yeah, yeah. Is it, are you out in the world serving and helping and mm-hmm. changing things mm-hmm. and including everyone and empowering? Mm-hmm. And um, so, so that's where I hope the church is going. I see it going that way with the leadership of um, Kate and uh, you, Kelly, and uh, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the future here is bright, and uh, whoever is called as the next pastor here will be a very blessed, blessed mm-hmm. person. Yes, I would say we feel so uh, honored and privileged to have served uh, in this place, specifically Second Presbyterian in downtown Richmond. Uh, this is a church that has a, a deep identity mm-hmm. uh, as a place of worship, and mission in the city and in the world. Um, Our worship is rich and meaningful. Our mission is deliberate and expansive. And we want to, I hope that'll keep being the focus of the church because, gosh, the city uh, is benefiting from that and the church's calling is, is, as Ginger said, so important. Mm -hmm. 
So I, you know, my vision for the church would be to continue to be a dynamic place of, of caring, of compassion, of outreach, mm-hmm. uh, a place that is worth coming to on Sunday mornings because uh, the music and the message is uh, something that aligns with people's lives and reminds them that they are unfolded into God's love, as Ginger says, but uh, it's inclusive for all people and it's uh, intentionally directed mm-hmm. towards service in the world. Yeah. I think that's that's the identity of this church and I hope it would continue to uh, prosper going forward. Our prayers are for this uh, wonderful body of faithful people. We've loved them so much and uh, stepping away is very bittersweet because mm-hmm. our affection is deep and our appreciation is sincere and um, we just hope for the very best for this wonderful congregation. Yeah. Well, and I was saying about the pastoral leadership so great, and it truly is. But also, the lay leadership here has always absolutely been so em- empowering to us. Um, you know, you yeah. you you decide you you know let's do a adult Bible study or let's do a second course study, and ev- people step up and say, "I'll lead one. I'll lead one. Mm-hmm. I'll you know." It's just incredible. It's you. You don't feel like mm-hmm. working at second that you're just you know dragging everybody along. It, they are leading you, and mm-hmm. you're trying. Sure. You're For working sure. to keep up. Absolutely. Know? So Absolutely. much inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and that's why in our bulletin, you know, we have like the staff listed, but we also say that all members of our congregation are ministers, and, and are. that's a belief that we value here in the Presbyterian Church. People live it out. Yeah, to live it out to. Assist God with the healing in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, as you kind of prepare for this next phase, this exciting phase, even though it is bittersweet, I'm wondering if there are any kind of specific memories or ministry moments that you would like to lift up for um, the listeners. You know, anything at Second Pres in particular that you would want to mention. There's so many. Um, I feel like weekly worship at Second is just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, the music, the um, hymns, people sing, uh, the prayers, it just shapes my week, uh, mm-hmm. even as one who's leading worship generally. Um, that stands out. Our worship is, is rich and wonderful. Um, I will long remember uh, the activities on Monday with the energy uh, mm-hmm. in the kitchen as people prepare for the walk-in lunch ministry and the energy in the dining room mm-hmm. uh, that comes from all the people who have come uh, to get a meal. Um, I'm so excited about the shower ministry. It's mm-hmm. it's only growing and needy, needed. Um, you know, it's one thing to give somebody a meal, but it's something else to give them a shower. I think yeah. uh, the shower may be absolutely transformative to somebody's uh, weekly existence. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have wonderful places to take a shower mm-hmm. and uh, a wonderful ministry. And you've been a big part of that, Kelly. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that come to mind, and I think it has to do with uh, the church's commitment to the city, our downtown community ministry engagements, mm-hmm. our interfaith conversations that we've had. Certainly our 175th celebration had lots of high points, even though much of that was had to be shifted because of the pandemic. But Because um, now we're 178 years yes, old yes, here at are. Second. 
celebrate that. Uh, but the building has been refreshed and upgraded, and all of that is just um, really positive uh, memories. Plus, our uh, mission endowment has been in place, and we're expanding our outreach. So there's lots that, that, that comes to mind that just feels so good. I, I have nothing but affection for this church family and deep appreciation mm -hmm. for the privilege of serving here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's been a wonderful time. Um, you know, some of the real highlights that, you know, just touch my heart are like the, um, we used to have Martin Luther King uh, lunches and mm -hmm. Elva and her team would, you know, have huge fried chicken come in and we mm -hmm. would get uh, youth and, you know, folks in the church to come serve and uh, one year we had a, a young football team, uh, young uh, boys came, and they would go up to each person and be like, <laughs> may I serve you? Would you Aww. like tea or milk or water? You know, and they yeah. just, um, and, you know, they just sort of, you could just tell their eyes were open to, oh, my goodness, these people live on the street, and I get to serve them mm -hmm. because... God loves me and God loves them and, yeah. and let's do this. You know, yeah. this is cool. And, you know, the whole thing was honoring Martin Luther King uh, Jr., uh, who, you know, uh, was, you know, so transformative. Um, mm -hmm. And he, he was transformative because of his faith and yes. his biblical knowledge and his understanding of God's calling to his life for justice and for the whole world. So... Um, you know, those were always um, huge highlights. But every child who has come to this church, mm. um, now I see them, you know, they're in college. I follow them on Instagram. You know, it's just, um, I just, it, uh, it's been such a wonderful time of wonderful relationships with families mm -hmm. and watching them grow and go out in the world and serve and care. And yeah. it's wonderful. So. Sounds like the highlight is the relationships. Yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Sure. If you don't have relationships in ministry, it's going to be a tough road. But you all have re abundant <laughs> relationships. It's very, very clear. Abundant. Well, on a little bit of a lighter note, what are you most looking forward to in retirement? You know, um, I am approaching this um, transition with some trepidation because mm -hmm. for 35 years I've been worried about uh, the next sermon, the next session meeting, uh, the next budget cycle or something like yeah. that. And uh, that's the joy and challenge of ministry. And um, I, I think what I'm most looking forward to is a, a, a different kind of rhythm. Yeah. Um, preachers tease about the relentless return of the Sabbath. Uh, Catherine Lester Bacon once gave me a coffee mug that said, uh, on, imprinted on the side of it, I need a day between Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> uh, and that yeah. has sat on my desk because the relentless return of the Sabbath is kind of the uh, rhythm for the yes. preacher. And yeah. um, I look forward, forward to a different rhythm, and I have a lot of energy for a lot of things, and I look forward to exploring mm -hmm. uh, how that will unfold with some hiking and biking and kayaking and um, reading and maybe some writing, and, and we'll mm -hmm. see. Great. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ginger? We're going to stay active. Yeah. yeah. We, we're looking forward to going to the beach for a little while and taking our kayaks and our bikes and just 
uh, getting up every day and deciding what do you want to do. Yeah. And uh, hope hope that our kids will come see us. And um, yeah, so and we have these wonderful eight grandsons yeah. and um, hope to spend some time with them in Charleston and Atlanta and Columbia where they are. And uh, yeah, you know. Grandbabies are the best um, <laughs> because you're not ultimately responsible for yeah. the rest of their lives. You just love them and spoil them. Yeah. And just Sounds like a great gig. It, 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 yeah. is. it and, is. And we've also talked about finding new ways to serve God. I mean, uh, where do yeah. we volunteer? Where do we offer our gifts? And what new capacities? Yeah. Ha- it'll be exciting to see how that might emerge because yeah. that's that's our heart and Absolutely. that's our uh, faith. And we want to keep keep uh, finding fresh ways to do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our worry is where do we go to church so we'll figure yeah. that one out <laughs> you will figure that one out no I, I I'm not worried about it at all you will figure that out plus we have a great live stream service exactly so right. when in doubt We're everyone for can enjoy and his that. team for absolutely sure. absolutely <laughs> well I just want to thank you both so much not only for your time today but your time here uh, ministering to everyone in this church, myself included in that population, um, you will be sorely missed, but we are also celebrating the end of a very, very faithful and exciting phase for you. So know that while we are sad, we're also cheering with you. So, thank you, Kelly. Thank thanks you. for Such being a here. Joy. Such thank a you. Thanks for being here. So great. Any final words for the listeners? May God bless us all. Yeah. Alec, I would love if you would close us with your benediction. Sure. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. And remember, life is short. We do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who journey with us. What shall we do? Be swift to love. Make haste to be kind, that God's love and light and joy and justice can be for all of us forever. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Second Serving. This podcast is produced by Bo Jacob and myself. We hope that you will join us next time. But until then, keep listening. Keep growing and never stop learning. Peace, friends.